0: Oh, hey there, folks, you're listening to Service From Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all the good, bad and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and this is another bonus episode. (laughs) doing a combo of listener emails slash people from the podcast sending us information that they wanted us to talk about so thank you all so much for your emails you can send them to us here at service from hell podcast at gmail.com We really appreciate all of the outreach, and these uh, the letters this this time around were not necessarily questions. They were links to articles, and we also appreciate that too, because this absolutely would not have been on our radar. Um, I am screaming about this constantly, but we are going to be talking about labor again. Everyone's favorite funny topic is bodies and jobs and wages and whatnot, but anybody who's been paying attention to any of the zeitgeist in the states, at least for the last, I don't know, month or so, but really the last year, has seen as of late that the minimum wage conversation has come up again. And generally speaking, if the minimum wage in the United States were to have kept up with inflation, it would be at just under $27 an hour. And people have been freaking out and sending articles and lots of things have been coming up as a result of that declaration, which... uh is just true and as a result of that declaration People are saying, you know, that's too much money. It needs to remain what it is, blah, blah, blah. Well, I did the math. And actually, if you all will remember, back in June of 2021, we did an episode called Just Shut Up and Work, where we talked about the alleged labor shortage and, you know, had a bunch of theories as to why the main one being that if you're paying people what they're worth or a living wage, people will show up, people will apply. It's really so simple. It's kind of obnoxious how simple it is. So I cannot believe we are still here with the same stupid message. And yet here we are. So if you have if you listen to that episode, there's not going to be a whole lot more different here, except that the complaints have updated from corporate America. Shocking. And I'm just I'm utterly baffled that it's it's so simple. You're just not paying people a fair wage. That's it. Full stop. Episode over. It's all the information you need. And so, anyway, there have been some articles written because people are always desperate for the reason other than the actual reason. None of these articles have just straight up written one sentence and been like, readers, why is there a labor shortage? Response Nobody's willing to pay what these employees are worth. Is there a labor shortage in all markets, at all jobs, for all businesses? Response No. The places that are paying a fair wage and are taking care of their employees seem to have not only not a labor shortage, but also not a turnover issue. So, I I mean, I don't, the only reason we're talking about it again is because people are still sending me this stuff and asking what the hell is going on. This is not to poke fun at my audience or to say that you all don't know. I think you know generally the point of view of this podcast and the themes in general and how customer service workers are the ones that are taking all of the lumps. And so, you know, it only seems appropriate to talk about it here. Although this does feel like a repeat, because we are covering basically the same topics. But they've updated because it's a year later. So there's two articles that I will link to in the show notes. One is from CNBC, and the other is from USA Today. And both of those publications, they came out within, I don't know, like, a handful of months of each other. But they're basically talking about how a bunch of people quit their jobs last year, which would have been 2021 when we were, you know, obviously already a year into the pandemic. And then the USA Today article was focused specifically on customer service workers and how of the roughly 3 million customer service agents in the U.S., about 1.2 million leave their jobs every year. That hasn't been a pandemic shift but they're just focusing on it now because for whatever reason, now we're willing to acknowledge that customers are abusive. And shockingly, the key reason that most of those people leave customer service jobs are uh, is abusive customers. So we're going to be focusing on the CNBC article first. And the gist of it is that they're trying to figure out why there are so many job openings, just so damn many, and not enough people to fill the openings that are available, even though unemployment has dropped. And, you know, shout out to the almost million Americans that are dead. Like, that's a million people that, you know, not all of them were of the labor age. But I'd imagine some of those million that have died, you know, could have been in the labor market. So that might affect things, too. But... In this article, it says, in December, roughly 6.3 million people were hired into new jobs out of a total of 10.9 million job openings, leaving 4.6 million roles unfilled. Job openings increase the most in accommodation and food services, information, non-durable goods manufacturing and public education. As of December, there were 58 unemployed workers for every 100 job openings. That's nearly two jobs for every person looking for one. Uh, we're not getting anywhere near the one-to-one ratio, one of the experts that they interviewed for this said. The U.S. economy added 199,000 jobs in December, fewer than expected according to the Labor Department. The unemployment rate dropped to 3.9%, but there were still 2.9 million fewer people in the workforce compared to February 2020 before the pandemic hit the U.S. Throughout the pandemic, many workers, especially women and caregivers, have been unable to rejoin the labor force due to ongoing child care challenges and health concerns over the Quote, the problem right now is there aren't enough bodies to fill jobs, end quote, same expert, without a major change in the labor force participation rate or employer behavior, or employer behavior, emphasis is mine, like deciding they are willing to let positions stay empty instead of hiring for them, it seems unlikely things will change, end quote. I can't tell you the rage that stupid quote fills me with, and I'm not coming for the person that said it, but that's a dumb quote because all this person really, I know it's probably political, but all this person needed to say was employers are not offering enough wages and enough benefits. Why do you think that Amazon in New Jersey or was it Long Island? I should probably know this before I quote it, but recently a section of Amazon in this in the United States unionized and Amazon lost their shit. Why do you think segments of Starbucks, certain franchises of Starbucks are unionizing? This is all happening in the pandemic. It's because the employer behavior has not shifted. It, it this this idea that we should just sh- suit up and show up and be grateful. Yes, we should be grateful to be employed, but it is outrageous to me that because employers are simply unwilling to pay benefits or to pay better base wages, there hasn't been a shift. Starbucks offers, by the way, health insurance, and even that – now, I know you have to qualify, work a certain amount of hours, blah, 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 and we've talked endlessly ad nauseum at other episodes – where employers will shirk it so that you can't actually qualify for the benefits that are available because they won't schedule you for enough hours, blah, blah, blah. So there there are workarounds for corporations to say they offer a benefit and then put up roadblocks for you being able to access said benefit. But apart from all of that, there's a reason that these employees are still focusing on being able to unionize and why it has been such a big deal and why talking about how Amazon employees are still peeing in cups on the floor so that they don't have to take a you know a hit financially for taking a bathroom break or they just won't drink any water for a 12 hour shift so they don't have to go to the restroom. I mean, those are larger conversations for a different episode, but basically It's so frustrating that yet again, we have another example of some expert from the labor market who I actually need to see who this person is. Hold on. Rucha Van Kudre is a senior economist at MZ Burning Glass, which is a labor market analytics firm. She's the one that they keep referencing in this article and who they've quoted a bunch of times in this article. And so This is, you know, there's, you should read the full article. And like I said, I will link to it. But essentially, essentially, she's saying that the turnover issue was addressed when they offered signing bonuses, higher salaries, the option to work remotely, expanding their geographic hiring boundaries for telework, blah, blah, blah. None of that really addresses customer service positions because short of being a call center employee, you can't be a customer service worker in retail remotely same well not yet anyway same with food service those positions don't exist remotely they are most likely you are physically going to those jobs and so this article is sort of more top level i guess and dealing with more of the white collar jobs but i'm it was sent to me and i want to reference it anyway because i think it's so insane that this woman is this high level consultant for in regards to labor and doesn't straight out just say more money addresses this because we're watching amazon clear a billion dollars in profit we're watching elon musk go to the moon or whatever the hell like we're watching these billionaires which is as i will continue to say until i walk off this earth is unconscionable that one human being controls that amount of wealth and we've made money up anyway so whatever but because we're in a position where they just keep clearing more and more and more and more and more money. And the response is, we don't understand why employees won't stick around. We don't understand why there's a labor shortage. Please stop. Please stop. It's so obvious. It's literally dollars and cents, pounds and pence, wherever you are, it's your money. And I just, it's so embarrassing to me that you're consulting these experts for quotes in these articles and you're presenting as these wildly intelligent just wonderful experts in whatever you've studied you got an economics degree from Yale and the most that you can contribute is well you know the problem is there aren't enough bodies to fill jobs what really what because A lot of us who are of the labor age and have not yet gone back into the workforce officially or like full time, a lot of us are holding out for I don't want part of the reason why I am like it makes me actually physically ill to think of waiting tables again is because of the abuse. It's because of the abuse. Even if you offer to pay me more money, it's because of the abuse, which is what's going to transition me into the other article that was sent to me this is the usa today article that i referenced before it says you know of the the 1.2 million people exit those customer service jobs a year and so this this article surveyed a bunch of people, uh, and it said more than a third of surveyed workers said they'd experienced violent threats. According to the report, longtime customer service representative Sarah Skaggs of Cincinnati, Ohio, whoop whoop, said, "Quote: If you're not emotionally strong, you will not last. I've had people tell me that I deserve to die. I've had people say I should be raped. It's really easy to be nasty to someone you can't physically see." End quote. The Communication Workers of America, which is a union, I guess that represents customer service workers. I didn't know that that thing existed. It said its members who work for airlines were the most affected by angry customers. See previous episodes where I had actual experience with that. Quote, verbal and physical abuse have recently spiked, the union said in an emailed statement. A customer service agent in North Carolina, Tamia McElwain, said, quote, nobody wants to clock in and get fussed at all the time. Why would you stay? And why would they stay? End quote. And the final bit of this article that I want to reference, it says, is it worth working in a call center for some fewer experience requirements, benefits? and the chance to help people are draws. But some experts say the industry must make changes to retain employees and avoid liability. $17.23 is the median hourly wage for customer service workers as of May 2020. You've seen the threads of people shouting about how minimum wage should be kept up with inflation, and that puts us at, as I said before, like just under 27 an hour. So I did the math because I was very curious if, if there... So I didn't do it for the seventeen twenty-three an hour, but I did it for 27 even. So... Again, that's back to the previous earlier points of roughly $27 had minimum wage kept up with inflation would be about where we're at. So $27 an hour for a a 40-hour-a-week job is $1,080 per week, $4,320 a month, and that's $51,840 a year. So please, everybody acting like $27 means uh, $27 an hour means that you're you're just resting on a fortune, you're about to buy property and things are about to pop off for you. Please stop. I assure you that nobody is, you know, running to the hills purchasing land and going crazy on $51,000 a year, especially not if that's the sole income for the house, and especially not if you live in Basically anywhere that isn't a remote settlement in the middle of the country in this country, because basically everywhere is becoming too expensive to live. It's egregious. So inflation hasn't kept up with where we are at, as we've talked about forever. I will never stop beating this drum until it stops being true. But also mm, tax the rich, tax the rich, tax the rich, and make it so that when these billionaires own a business, they actually have to take care of their employees. I feel like these are fundamental principles. I'm only bringing this up and I've said all of this before and longtime listeners are like, right, we've discussed this. But can you believe that we still have to keep talking about this? I think that's what's so baffling and so frustrating. We are still discussing this i'm still coming at you with math i'm still doing the facts back to you of literally people business owners whomever not admitting that they need to be paying their employees more and you know i'm a millennial but the the generation below me is gen z and gen z is taking all this slack right now for quitting on a moment's notice, although some millennials are known for this too, but quitting on a moment's notice, you know, lighting it all on fire, telling employees they're not going to show up. The thing is, is, like, this is the 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 citizens revolt. I called it the peasants revolt before, and I feel like that's kind of a gross way of saying it. I don't know. But I just feel like people who have had enough, generationally speaking, have just had enough. And I don't agree with the old school mentality of take it on the chin. I come from a sports background and you play when you're you play hurt all the time. Playing hurt is the model of sports and that got a CTE. So here we are. (laughs) But I do find that there is something to be said for that mentality of push through power through get where you need to go grind fine. Okay. I, I do some of that a lot of that I operate in my own life and I am. You know, I am of the belief that you do have to take some things on the chin to learn how to be a better person. Absolutely. Life can't just be easy all the time. But I also think that until there is a generation that puts their foot down, minimum wage isn't going to change. Paying, an, an operate, paying employees when you operate a massive corporation that is clearing billions of dollars in the year, there is no incentive. There's no incentive to take better care of your employees because if empl- if everybody's replaceable then everybody's replaceable. Who cares? You're still clearing a billion dollars when your employee retention has to be abysmal. I don't actually know if Amazon is public with those numbers or if I imagine Starbucks would be, but I don't know if, if Amazon is public. In fact, let me see. Okay, so according to, uh, and this will be another article that I reference, I just found this. So in Marketplace.org, Amazon is currently the second largest private employer in the U.S., and it could become the largest in a few years. And the New York Times did an investigation that, quote, raises significant questions about the company's management of warehouse workers and discovers an unusually high rate of turnover among its hourly associates. If Y'all ain't ready for this. The turnover rate for hourly associates... In the warehouse in Amazon, as of this article was published in June. Uh, everybody, we were all hitting the pavement in June talking about labor, apparently. Well, in June of 2021, their turnover rate at Amazon in the warehouse is 150% a year. And that was even pre pandemic. So that means the company was losing around 3% of its warehouse workers each week which, according to this article, is nearly double the rate of similar businesses. Nearly double. So this article goes on to talk about, you know, what's sustainable, why it isn't. But... There's a quote from this article from New York Times technology reporter Karen Weiss, or Wise, I don't know how you pronounce her name, said, quote, in conversations with current and former executives and leaders in Seattle, this is in regards to Amazon, there's a palpable fear that Amazon will not have enough workers to be able to serve the customer demands that it foresees. And Part of what's interesting is that this is Bezos's sort of model. According to Jody Cantor, who is a Pulitzer Prize winning reporter for The Times, get it, girl, quote, she said, Bezos really wanted turnover. He was afraid of a stagnant workforce, what he would call a march to mediocrity, end quote. And so the thing is, is that as Amazon continues to grow, if you have a turnover rate of roughly 150 percent a year I don't know. I don't know how there will be enough people. And so what they say is it's the equivalent to having to replace the entire workforce every eight months, the entire workforce every eight months. And the needs are so massive. And so in order to keep up with what they're doing with an attrition rate that high, they need 5% of the entire American workforce that's the entire American workforce, to apply each year. And the ar- the argument of this article is that it's not sustainable. I didn't, this, I don't want this whole episode to be about Amazon and, and Bezos and whatever, but It Again, it's that building a model on the fact that everybody's replaceable. Back to what I was saying, Gen Z putting their foot down and even some millennials, even some of our elders putting their foot down and saying, no more, I'm not going to be openly abused and I'm not going to be paid peanuts for keeping you afloat and buying you yet another private jet to the moon. That is the only thing that shifts this. And I know that my audience is sort of split on unions being good, bad, or how they feel about it. Everyone knows where I stand on that. But I feel like unionizing or not, at the end of the day, it still comes back to paying people what they are worth, paying them an hourly salary that matches the cost of living. Because some people, God bless, I'm so jealous of these people, just want a simple life, just want you know, a partner and possibly kids and a, and to own property and to just have kind of a quiet life where they clock into their jobs nine to five, they come home and they enjoy their weekends and they go on two healthy trips a year and their kids go to school. And like, I'm so jealous of people that find peace and serenity in that life and don't, have, don't want bigger than that. I think that's great. We do need people that don't want... We, we, everybody can't be an entrepreneur. But until it is addressed... That we have an actual systemic problem in this country, and I would assume in others, with our labor force and also with giving people the money that they are worth to decide whether or not they can live their lives. Until that's addressed, I hope that the labor shortage continues to affect these businesses. I hope it's still problematic. And I hope that the people that choose to go back to these jobs and choose to be abused eventually walk out. Because there's not only is there safety in numbers, there's change in numbers. And until we all collectively say no more of this shit, we're not doing this anymore. It won't shift because to use Amazon and Bezos's model, if you need 5% of the entire U.S. labor market to apply to your jobs every single year you're eventually going to run out of people. It's why Netflix is currently hemorrhaging money. And come at me, bro. I, you, you can't sue me if it's true. You, If your model is based off of a subscriber model, there you have a limited number of people and a cap on the money you can earn unless you change the subscriber rate. That's just math. That's just economics. And so the same would be true in theory, for Amazon. And if you count out the fact that a million Americans almost are dead from COVID, and you look at these numbers, your labor pool actually shrunk by virtue of the fact that a lot of them are dead. So I don't know how any of this is sustainable, but I can tell you that when the the pendulum has now clearly shifted more, not exclusively, but more onto the side of the laborers, this is kind of what we saw happen when the big tech boom of the late 90s and early 2000s happened and people started using college to major in all things you know, technological. And we still needed those people to do those jobs, no question. But you know, there's only so many mechanical engineering degrees. There's only so many computer technology, IT, like there's only so many of those degrees. You, you, Everybody could major in those things and you could give out degrees for everything in tech. I'm still going to have a broken toilet at some point. My car is still going to break down at some point. At some point, I'm going to need new windows (laughs) on the house I don't own. I'm crushing it. But All of those things that we overlook as necessary services that no matter how far technologically we advance, you're still going to need a human body for at some stage. Even if we taught a robot how to get my hair out of the drain or a fucking dirty diaper out of the toilet or whatever – You still have to have somebody managing that appointment. There's still some piece of customer service that a human physical being is going to need to be in. And what's happening is these billionaires are thinking they're so clever, they're diving harder into AI and they're trying to automate everything. Sure, at some point, there's going to be a lot of jobs that are made obsolete. The electric car is going to change the nature of car service and, you know, repair people with oil all over their clothes. That's going to change the nature of the only constant is change and death. And so as we as we progress as a society, certain things absolutely can be replaced by automation and robots and whatever. But as we've seen from the Industrial Revolution, what happens is ideas then get to spread faster. And then you still need people because a new labor market is created or a new need is created or a new blah, blah, blah. So this sort of incited fear that is being we're we're supposed to make this decision to go back to the labor market because a robot's going to replace me. Okay. I mean, fear is the currency of media. So whatever you keep us all afraid. Cool. No problem. Which I guess I'm a part of. But at the end of the day, there will be progress that will move us forward where we'll still need people. We'll still need people. We are not going to evolve out of The very cavemen need to be in a tribe, the very cavemen need to be near other human beings, to want to collect, to want to share. Those things bring joy for a reason, and jobs are going to fall into the same category, I believe. And so Bezos and Musk can sit down into a think tank and find out ways to just never have to deal with a human being again and keep clearing these billions and trading their soul with the devil or whatever, Good on you. I mean, we do need thoughts to progress, and we need, you know, technology to progress. But at some stage of that supply chain, when it comes to human beings, there's there's gonna need to be a human being at some point to oversee something. It's just like an automated car still needs a human being to sit in the driver's seat. This is the way it is. So, all of this to say, uh, well, first of all, thank you to the people that sent us these uh, interesting topics. We're really grateful for that. The thesis of everything that I will never stop screaming about, I mean, hopefully I have a reason to stop screaming about it. I would love, love for to have to come up with a different podcast idea because everything became peaceful. Nobody shit all over customer service workers anymore and everybody was being paid a fair wage. Like, please, I'll talk about anything else. But... Until that happens, I just want to keep going back to the fact that the simplest solution here, the absolute simplest, is pay people more per hour. Full stop. That's it. Started with that on this episode. Going to end with it here. That's it. I, it couldn't be more simple if I did a paint-by-number drawing. I mean, it's just that. Just pay people more money. And You find I was I watched a documentary actually recently on co-ops and how um, a lot of labor markets are or not a lot of labor markets. That's a what am I even saying? A lot of companies who can see the writing on the wall and want their employees to be engaged have started having their employees who are, you know, they can be on the factory line or they can be delivery drivers. They can be any any part of the process. They also own a percentage of the company. And they had this beautiful scene where this gentleman gets up and he's like, it's Saturday and I still want, I still do this. I still do this on a Saturday cause I care. He was ironing his uniform for a Monday shift on Saturday because he wanted to look his best and he kept the pride with which he spoke about his company. And it was a really, really lovely film. I have to, I don't have it in front of me. It just came to mind when I was talking about the evil that is these billionaire corporations, But they interviewed the CEO of the company and I believe the company was in Philadelphia or Detroit. It was basically a laundry service company and they had this huge automated laundry service and they interviewed the CEO and he said, we looked at the writing on the wall and we knew that everybody who gets a chance to care about every piece of a company because they have ownership in it is because they care so much. There's no downside. It's only benefit. And it benefits our bottom line, it benefits their bottom line, and it benefits investors' bottom lines. Everybody across the board makes more money, is happier, does better. And also, there is a correlation, although as we know correlation does not imply causation but there's a correlation between happier employees and less cost on your health benefits if you as a company offer health benefits to your employees if they are happier they have to use less health benefits because they're doing better it's like there's a million reasons why it's so much better to just take care of people there's a million reasons But anyway, all that to say, once I can find the name of that documentary, I'll throw that in the show notes too. If I can find it again, it was, I don't know. It was Anyway, uh, but all that to say, pay people more, pay people more, pay people more, pay people more, just pay people more. And I don't, I also don't want to hear the argument, well, if you have a college degree, you know, only you should be available to make more money. I have a college degree and I can just tell you that's horseshit because I still want, you know, if someone who delivers my mail doesn't happen to have a college degree some people that deliver mail do but if they if they don't have a college degree i still want them to be paid for fairly for that job if the person that happens to pick up my trash doesn't have a college degree some of them do but if they happen to not i still want them to be paid well for that job because i directly benefit from someone doing that job and so do you Pay people what they're worth. Please let me stop screaming about this. I know y'all are bored. I know you are. I know you don't want to hear about Amazon anymore. I know this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Pay people what they're worth. If y'all find out any information or have any articles or have any questions or even more fun and funny for the audience is when you all send in your stories of customer service experiences that have happened to you, please do. If you read a funny Yelp, we're also, we've are also we been collecting those over the last handful of months. I just gave away a surprise. But thank you for the people that have sent those in as well. And if you yourself have found a funny review, it doesn't have to be a Yelp because I have my own opinions about them. But if it's a funny review... And, you know, I love those two. And if it is a scathing review, even better if it's scathing and funny while you win the what do they call that a hat trick. Uh, So that's not three things, but it is now. So yeah, send them our way. podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And please subscribe, rate, and or review. You can find us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you all for sending in your letters. Thank you for everybody who emails, texts, calls, writes, sends suggestions. Just you, y'all believe in this little engine that could. And we're real grateful. Please keep taking care of yourselves. We're really grateful for y'all. We'll talk to you soon. Good night.